Here we are, once more. Yes, it's me, Lucy Nolan, one half of your Fabulous Flowers TV duo, ready and willing to bring you this, episode 25 of our Fabulous Flowery Fun Podcast. And of course, as usual, here beside me, I'm delighted to say, is the other half of this floral pair. It is the always blooming marvellous Paulie Hawkins. Hello there, Paulie. Hello there, Lucy. It's lovely to have you here in my cucina in mm. London, my Italian bit there. It's yes. lovely to have you here. How was your train journey up today? My train journey up was absolutely fine, actually. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was trouble-free, um, smooth, on time. Popped myself out at Charing Cross and then, um, yes, jumped on the tube and here we are. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Well, I've had a busy old morning. Um, I've been raking leaves up here in town. You couldn't actually see the back garden. It was just a carpet of leaves. So it's definitely that time of year which we're embracing. Yes, it is definitely Have that you had time much leaf fall in your garden, Lucy? Um, I have actually, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, I have a couple of teenagers I can deploy in the garden area <laughs> with the leaf blower. So that works very well as I point and shout from the kitchen with a nice big cup of coffee. Deploy, I love that. I love that, yeah. It sounds like something President President Trump should be saying. He's deploying something, but we won't go into that now. Mm. Yes. Yes, so all good, really, and ready to go, Mm, actually. I think it's lovely. And I think without further ado, we should start the flowery chat forthwith on our 25th episode, Lucy. I mean, that's unbelievable. I know, I can't believe believe it. it. It's amazing. It is amazing. It does seem to whiz by from week to week. And I love the fact that we still seem to be able to find so many interesting and wonderful flowery focuses and floral facts to fill all our podcasts up with. Isn't it wonderful how the wonders of nature just keep giving us everything we need to fill 20 minutes of uplifting and hopefully informative flowery chat? I know, I know. So... Let's get down to our floral focus then. And this week we are giving the green light to ferns. Ferns. Ferns, everyone. Lush, indulgent, delicate, verdant and alluring. I must say I am a keen fern fan. Um, But I just love, you know, first sight when you see them, I'm instantly transported to sort of beautiful... It's like a glass house at Kew Gardens or a, a rather opulent tea at the Ritz sort of situation with glamorous ladies in kind of 1920s flapper garb, you know, doing the kind of the Charleston and dashing gentlemen suitors. It's um, mm. And they, I think they also have that Agatha Christie glamour written all over them, Lou. Did, did you, did you Yes, I do. I know what you mean. I think of sort of, you know, large hotel or, or palatial house where where Hercule Poirot gathers everyone together mm. and says, it was you. It was, <laughs> absolutely, and they're a wonderful way of softening a venue for a party for, from a florist point of view. Mm. I mean, a mass of fern plants adorning your entrance um, at an event can really give a fabulously inviting and classy vibe, I think. And um, yes, have, have you ever sort of experienced them at, 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 at a party? No, I haven't, actually. I haven't seen them at a party. Um, they perhaps, I don't know, no, I haven't. I've seen them in hotels and in restaurants and mm. that kind of thing. But no, I think a lesser spotted for me at a no, party. Very uh, glamorous. Yeah. They're very glamorous. Last year, I did a rather amazing bar at the Bluebird Club on the King's Road. And, um, and it's an incredible place. It obviously used to be mm. a garage once, didn't it? So it's it got did. 
big cavernous space. But um, the entrance to the club is actually not on the King's Road. It's round the corner on Beaufort Street. And it's rather unassuming. And that is the entrance to take you upstairs to the party space. Um, and obviously when one gets upstairs, the, the club space is breathtaking. Mm. But um, we needed to set the tone for the evening as soon as the guests arrived at the door. And after lots of head scratching at meetings with the lovely Nikki Sherlock, the party planner, um, we suddenly realised that ferns were the way forward. So uh, we bought masses of gorgeous, great big fern plants and filled the entrance staircase area with them. And it just it just transformed the area. Yes, I can imagine that, actually. And when you say that, the idea of just of having huge amounts of lush greenery, mm. I could see why that would absolutely elevate it easily and instantly. So that's a great thing, Paulie. Great, yeah. love that. I mean, it instantly sort of takes any hard architecture away. Yes. Um, and we had tall, very sophisticated, mirrored, coloured coloured plinth, covered plinth. So there's sort oh, of wood. Wow, so it magnified mi- everything several times. Absolutely. Ooh. So you sort of had double fern action. Love it. Um, love a bit and, of double action. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> and uh, on top of these mirrored plinths, we had huge chrome bowls uh, filled with explosions of vertiginous there you go again, Paulie, like with that. your vertiginous. You okay, do big pop that spiky, in from time to time. Big spiky vertiginous spikes of blue delphiniums mm-hmm. and generous heavy swathes of white hydrangeas. Mm. Really simple, very punchy. And then we finished those enormous arrangements off with great big silver pit plant, uh, p- painted tropical monstera leaves. Really gorgeous. How lovely. And that's such an amazing uh, do. It was such an amazing do. I'm going to pop them up on Insta. And also, with the description, as it being a bar mitzvah, obviously, for a, for a young man, that sounds in a wonderful way, sort of opulent, amazing and beautiful, and yet quite male, quite masculine at yes. the same time. Love that. Yes, because often I do a bat mitzvah, which is the girl one, which would obviously okay. be very fluffy and pink and white. Of course. Um, but for me, the ferns made it. They mm. were they were so inviting and, and slightly decadent. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, Lucy, it's all about the foliage with me. It's the, it's the structure for the flowers to really sing. Um, but it's pretty much the same with gardens. Mm-hmm. You need the trees and the shrubs and, and general greenery to, to make the flowers really come to life. Um, I'm particularly partial to a tree fern, actually, Lucy. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my garden, just behind us, we, we, we will pop a little picture up. I've got some really lovely, lovely, I've got a nice big pair of tree ferns. Um, they're not cheap, but oh my goodness, talk about an instant architectural kind of ta-da. And suddenly my garden's turned into kind of Yves Saint Laurent's Marrakesh sort of vibey garden, Le Jardin Marjorelle. Mm. I might say that again. Uh, Le Jardin Marjorelle, which is so sort of smart and chic and ferny in um, Marrakesh. We'll also pop a picture of that up, shall we? Yes, absolutely. We'll it do is that. lovely, I have to say, sitting here in your kitchen, um, looking through your wonderful glass windows at these ferns. You just bring the outside in there with those, Paulie, I have to say, and it's rather lush, very gorgeous. Thank you, darling. So, um, a fern, or to you Latin lovers, here we go, it's a polypodiopsa. And it is a member of the vascular plant. And so to you and me, um, unless you are a horticulturist, that is a plant with a xylem and a phloem that reproduce via spores and have neither seeds nor flowers. Ferns have complex leaves called megaphils. They produce coiled fiddleheads that uncoil and expand into fronds. The group includes about 10,560 known extent species. Ferns first appeared in the fossil records about 360 million years ago in the Middle Devonian period 
and that period was named after the English county of Devon, where these rocks containing the fossils were actually studied. I like that. I love that. Mm. Many of the current families and species of ferns did not appear until roughly 145 million years ago. Crikey, so they really have been around for a long time, ferns, haven't they? Ancient, ancient, ancient. Mm. But... um, they, they're not of major economic importance, no. but, um, but some are used for food, medicine, as a biofertiliser, as, as we discussed, ornamental plants, and for restoring environmental damage in contaminated soil. I didn't know that. Mm. So all those brownfield sites, they'd be, you know, they then build on. Mm. Ferns make it all, they kind yes, of, what's yes. it called? Clean, clean all the soil. Yes. Um, they've been the subject of extensive research for their ability to remove chemical pollutants from the atmosphere as well. But some fern species, such as Brecon um, and water fern, are significant weeds worldwide. And we've certainly seen plenty of evidence of those, haven't we, Lucy? Mm-hmm. Particularly on our trips to beautiful lush green Kerry, where you have a lovely holiday house in Southern Ireland. That's true, we certainly do, because there's quite a lot of uh, fern and bracken over there. Um, but at least they'll have lovely uncontaminated soil, mm. I imagine. And I love the way they uncoil. Yes, I love that. Yes, it's good, isn't it? Uh, So here are a few more interesting floriography facts about ferns. Ferns are cryptograms, like mosses, lichens or lichens, and algae. And as we mentioned earlier, they bear no fruit and no flower. Flowering plants didn't appear until 200 million years after the ferns. Wow. I know. Since ferns have no flowers, they yield no seeds. This confounded scientists for centuries and led to a lot of confusion and conjecture as to how ferns propagated. It seemed as though they sprung up by magic. Legends were thus created to explain this great mystery. It was assumed that, since no one could ever find the elusive fern seed, it must be invisible. The notion led to the folklore that anyone carrying fern seed would likewise be rendered invisible. Apparently this was common knowledge in the 16th and 17th centuries, so much so that two of our famous English Renaissance playwrights have characters who adhere to this rather fantastic wisdom. So here comes the fabulous flowery Shakespeare fact. In William Shakespeare's play, Henry IV Part One, a scheming highwayman tries to set his accomplice at ease by explaining that they will not be caught. He assures him, we have the receipt of fern seed. We walk invisible. That's rather nice. I love it? that. Yeah. And in the writer and poet Ben Jonson's comedy, The New Inn, a servant ordered to lay low out of sight explains to his master why, he, why he's been discovered. Because indeed, I had no medicine, sir, to go invisible. No fern seed in my pocket. Isn't that amazing? I love that, Lucy. It's so interesting. I do quite like your little delivering there. It's a oh, little thanks. bit of a kind of a what's her name? Give the what's her name a run for her money. Who's Bonnie. Um, no, Shakespearean actress. Oh, uh, yeah. Judy. Judy. Oh, Judy. Judy, darling. Judy, darling. Love Dunge. her. Very good. National very treasure. Good. Um, anyway, back to me. Um, <laughs> Always back to you, Paulie. Come on. I, but I had no fer- no idea. I had no idea that ferns mm. were so magical. Yeah. Apart from obviously magically transforming the venues and displays that I use them for, oh, they so. um they really are incredibly diverse. So um, without further ado, let's move on now to the floriography fun facts for this episode, where we uncover a message, a use, a meaning, or maybe a floristry technique used or developed within the world of flowers and all things floral. Delving into the world of dried lavender. 
and goodness me, what a wonderful thing to be sharing. There's so much to do with this humble and garden-loving fragrant shrub. Shrub, even. Such an evocative scent. I think everyone has their kind of mm. own lavender story. Absolutely. Uh, when you smell it, you're instantly transported somewhere. It's kind of very personal, isn't it, really? Yeah, it is. And it's such a, re- a rewarding plant, bringing joy throughout the summer in the garden. And then, such a treat as a dried flower, Lou. Do you, do you have any dried lavender in um, your... I do, because I have lavender in my garden. Mm-hmm. So... Um... I do from time to time, certainly at this time of year being autumn, mm. cut a few sort of lumps of it, if you like. I know that's very technical for gardeners out there. <laughs> Is that a horticultural term there? I'm not a gardener. Um, <laughs> and tie it together with some uh, some string. And mm. one of my gardeners once told me to hang it by the back door to stop the wasps and the daddy long legs and the flies coming in. So I do do that. How many gardeners do you have? I don't have one anymore. <laughs> Over the years? A while ago, It sounds yes. like you have a huge country estate. Yes. One of my gardeners. <laughs> Yes, one of the seven, I wish. No, God, what a lovely idea. Mm. That's very interesting. Yeah. But um, when I started floristry in the in the late 80s, I mean, dried flowers were all the rage. They were, I mean, the king of dried flower decorating is the legendary Kenneth Turner. He's still with him, with him, with us, bless him. And his work using dried flowers is just ravishing and groundbreaking. Um, I then trained with the late Robert Day in Pimlico Road, who, who worked with Ken uh, for several decades. And it was such a privilege as I learnt loads and loads and loads. I remember my, my train ticket from Hampshire was £86 a week and I was earning £84 a week. So oh, wow. making That's no money, but dedication. I was learning. And I thought, I'm blooming yeah. well learning here. So, um, but they've been slightly nudged back into the floral wilderness um, for the past few decades. They've been, um, yes, a bit sort of ignored, but they're all coming back into fashion right now. And... Um, these days, they're a little bit less dowager duchess and a little bit more sort of prairie wistful style, less kind of less herbaceous and a ther- more, more ethereal, really, mm. I'd say. But um, but dried lavender has definitely stood the test of time as an absolute dried flower classic from simple little tied bunches to pop on your napkins with a bit of raffia for a lovely indulgent celebration dinner or lunch treat for your guests. Um, or for an intricate, I, I love this sort of thing, an intricate heart shaped wreath. So you Get a heart-shaped wreath from your florist yeah. and then just stud it. How lovely. We could do that as a little floral we could thing do that. one day. Yes. Or I mean, pop it on your a, wall, sort a of. A filmette, yes. Or in your downstairs loo. Yes. Or yeah. A heart shape with the lavender all over it, and it just How looks a lovely it? kind of shaker, mm. sort of magical, pared down, stylish thing. Um, or just simply tie a few bunches with garden twine, as you were suggesting. Mm-hmm. Pop them in a basket and just set your loo or your mm. bathroom, and mm. it's got that lovely sort of Provencal touch um, mm. and it's practical and obviously the scent is so magical. Mm. Um, but it's not all about French lavender, Lucy. No. We do have some gorgeous indigenous English species. The varieties I would recommend for planting to dry would be Hidcot, named after the gracious Cotswold stately home. Uh, that's got one of the best gardens in England, by the way. Or Munstead, named after gardening legend Gertrude Jekyll's house Munstead Wood in Surrey. And um, this does... Slightly strike a kind of painful childhood chord with, <laughs> chord with me because as, as children, but my parents had a house next door to Munstead Wood, and we, my brother and I, were very naughty kind Surely of. Surely not, Paulie. Yes, you. Terrible trouble. You and James, naughty. Yeah, never. Stop we it. Were, <laughs> we were always in trouble for playing in their garden in Munstead Wood because I loved it. It was very, very yes. lovely and, um, in a kind of a trespassing sort of way. Oh. Um, what little dears we were. Yes, yeah, trespassers will be prosecuted. They were. The were, were you an errant child? No, I was perfect in every way. <laughs> I, I bet you were, actually. No, I really wasn't. Oh, but um, even if even if you haven't got time to do something crafty with your lavender, just chop it, 
Just pop it in a lovely bowl and um, in a kind of devil may care way mm. and pop it on your coffee table and it's just an instant potpourri. It'll just, it'll just stay there happily, mm. scenting your room and very relaxing in the evening with a, a cheeky little glass of something, Lou, I oh, would say. Oh, yes. Always yeah. nice to have a little cheeky glass of something, Paulie. <laughs> it could be a lavender tea, could be anything, but yes. Or a big fat glass of rosé, oh, whatever takes you fancy. Very nice indeed. Um, or a cosmopolitan. Yeah, that's <gasps> Ooh, our fabulous always a go-to favourite. cocktail of choice, that. a Cosmo. <laughs> So, uh, lovely bunches of lavender also make a pomander. You can make a pomander with lavender. Putting it in your wardrobe, it deters moths. You can also deter flies, as I mentioned, in a similar way. Try leaving some dried lavender buds or bunches near an open window, and it does, in fact, stop all those little critters coming in. You could sprinkle some in your bath, or even include some in a homemade dried flower confetti. That would be nice. Mm. Culinary grade lavender is needed for cooking. So this, if you're buying it or drying your own, is Lavandula angusifolia or Lavandula intermedia. Those are the two cooking lavenders. Why not try making a lavender shortbread using some of that? You could add a couple of teaspoons to your favourite shortbread recipe or make a lavender tea infusion to help you sleep. Or, this is my personal favourite, Create some dried lavender bunches for use in the rooms in your house. They add a delicate fragrance at the same time. You could hang some in the entrance to your house, perhaps in a porch or a downstairs loo, or what about your laundry room, Ooh. tied with beautiful ribbons. Love that. Yeah, or for a table centre, you can create a freestanding sheaf of gorgeous lavender stems that can be made by tying together a few handfuls and I guess chopping off the bottoms poorly, would you? just sit there. So you can sit there just like a little, one of those old-fashioned sheafs of wheat. Yes, so you, you see your paintings. So the, the stalks and then the nice... Yes. Yes. Lovely. Absolutely. It's so very you can chic. do that. Mm. So there's a few fabulous lavender uses and if you don't have any lavender yourself, you can very easily get some either from your local florist who will be able to order it in for you or you can search online where there are plenty of options. But I think most people would probably have space in their garden or in their patio planters or on a pot, even on a roof terrace or a windowsill for some lavender. So why not pick up a bush and plant it somewhere near you soon? There really is so much you can use dried lavender for. And um, it's just one of nature's bounties that gives beyond its garden life and well on through afterwards, doesn't it? Really? Yes, absolutely. Yes, Paulie, you're quite right. So um, moving on to our... Fabulous flowers, all the things we do. Mm. Uh, we did pop up another film this week. Uh, we did mention it. So that was where we were in your garden in Sussex and you created that wonderful Mediterranean look with those acid yellow sunflowers. So that is there, everybody, if you'd like to see how to create a similar look. Um, or um, why not go and get yourself a bunch of sunflowers and create it yourself? Absolutely. And those were so wonderful, those sunflowers, because mm. they weren't the normally kind of very, Golden. very goldeny orangey yes. one. They were lovely, sort of acidy, quite sort of sherbetty colour. Mm. Um, and please do go on creating your arrangements and displays and, um, and just possibly just pop them on our little Instagram thing. And it's such an enjoyable way to spend some calming and unwinding time. Mm. And make friends with your local florist. I always say this, but we need to support our local florists. Um, yes, the odd bunch from a supermarket when you're feeling a bit in a hurry, but try and go and visit your... And make friends with them, as I always say. Order your flowers through them and help support the local businesses in your community. Yes, I completely agree. I think most people do have a florist not too far away from them. And it is a wonderful way of spreading some love all round. 
use them. Use your local florist. Use them for sending flowers. Use them for making your own flowers at home by ordering in those blooms. And they really don't cost, cost much more than buying in a supermarket. Uh, or inspire your friends by buying two bunches and invite them round so that you can work together on an arrangement using some of Paulie's films on our Fabulous Flowers TV YouTube channel. You can work together, have a little fun, make yourself a cup of tea, do the flowers together. And as always, please keep taking photos of your creative floral wonders and tag us at Fabulous Flowers TV, all one word, so that we can give you a mention. And on that note, thank you to Nadine Van Hassel in beautiful Brussels. Nadine tagged us at Fabulous Flowers TV with a fantastic selection of hydrangeas all coming into their autumn colours. And they were absolutely fantastic. You can find Nadine on Instagram. She is at Nadine Van Hassel, that's H-A-S-S-E-L, 141. And we'll share those wonderful photos too on our Instagram and Facebook. Absolutely. And at this time of year, you know, I mean, one of my favourite blooms is the hydrangea. Mm. And we also have to thank a regular podcast listener, Lindsay Von Simpson from Somerset. She did a similar thing, thing. She went into her garden, picked some lovely hydrangeas. And this time of year, before the frosts come, they're just getting these lovely red, raspberry, jewelly, mossy colours. Mm. She just popped them in a vase on her table. And I was particularly drawn to it. Not because there was a glass, a, a bottle of rosé next I saw to that. them, um, but they were just so, so lovely. And thank you, Lindsay. And um, just carry on sending them in, everyone. Yes, please carry on sending them in. Well, on that super sharing hydrangeas note, I think it's time for us to skedaddle into floral yonder, Paulie. And I also have to pop myself on the train back down to Sussex, otherwise my dog will be taking over the house. So until next time, everyone, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. And a big goodbye from me. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>